David's Daily Digital Dollop, Dollop 310. My goodness, what a day it's been. I'm feeling a bit on edge today. I've returned back to Hartlepool and my dad and his fiance Irene, have just got a new phone and the ringtone, I've just heard the ringtone for it and it's a bit of an odd one. What's weird about it is the fact that the bass unit that you put the cordless phone on has a different tone, has a different tune to the actual phone. So you've got the cordless phone tune and you've got the bass tune and they're completely different in completely different keys. They're out of time with each other and it just creates this odd unsettling sound. This is what it sounds like. Yeah, to be honest, I was struggling for things to talk about today. Nothing nothing really much has happened of uh, uh, newsworthiness or anything, so it's been a bit of a slow news day, hasn't it? So um, I thought we'd talk about my cordless phone instead. Um, there was something else, actually. I think I was on edge before this point, but um, I can't quite remember what that thing was, but it was something that irritated me earlier, earlier in the day. Right, so here we go. This is the sound of the phone. How ridiculous is that? Completely out of time with each other, completely out of tune. It seems very unnecessary to have two separate tunes and they, they don't really weave over the top of each other. I mean, it might be quite nice if they'd have sort of done theme and variations, maybe. So you've got the bass unit, which does a melody, and then you've got the cordless phone, which does a counter melody. And there's two cordless phones and two bass units, so maybe the other bass unit could do a supporting melody and then there could be another counter melody on top of that from the other cordless phone. That might be quite nice. That would fill the house with a bit of harmony when the phone rings. This is just a cacophony of sounds. If, for whatever reason, you've got the two phones in the same room, maybe you've got one on the base unit, you've got another one on the sofa, then you've got three things going on at the same time. And even though the first cordless phone and the second cordless phone are playing the same tune, they're both doing it at different times. So it just creates this cacophony. Well, come on, David, don't just tell us about it. We want to hear it. Well, that's a... OK, well, well, if you insist, I'll get the other cordless phones. I'll show you what I mean. OK, here we go. How stupid is that? Makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Just imagine how nice it could be if they had, like, counter melodies that were in the same key. So, that set me on edge a little bit. But, as I say, I think I was already on edge before that. Just trying to remember what it was that's irritated me. There's something that happened earlier today. What was it? Ah, yes. Donald Trump is the President of the United States of America. That's the one. Our feature, hey, unable to be looking, what you're going to be cooking. So yesterday I gave you a list of ingredients that I'd bought from the shop and you had to guess what I would be cooking with those ingredients. And Jill got it right. She says, you're cooking kedgeri. Indeed I was. Well done. Excellent. A feature worthy of BBC local radio there. And then the day after we might do uh, uh, what's that sound? 
Can you guess the sound? All sorts of exciting features. As I say, we're always pioneering, always evolving on the dollops. You know, we're not retiring on our laurels. You know, and, I, and it's not because I don't have any laurels. I have laurels to hand, and I could quite happily and easily rest upon them uh, if I wanted to. But uh, no, I'm not going to. I mean, the laurels are there. They're tempting me. I won't, I, I would have, I'm not going to lie to you. You know, they're very tempting, the laurels. But uh, no, 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 I'm going to stay away from those laurels until uh, next year, until January the 1st next year. And then I'll be, oh, I'll be resting on those laurels. You, you, seriously. And then, and of course, if you're saying, you keep saying those laurels rather than my laurels, David, are they even your laurels? Because if, if anyone knows anything about resting on laurels, it's that you have to rest on your own laurels. You know, there's a lot of people frown upon resting on other people's laurels. And I don't want to make it uh, clear that the laurels are mine um anyway <laughs> well it got good towards the end didn't it i mean the resting on my laurels bit was absolutely brilliant top-notch stuff there as you can probably hear there are sounds from the kitchen uh, that is my dad and Irene. and as i walk into the kitchen and say hello to them they've just arrived back i will say goodbye to you just passing my laurels on the way to the kitchen just passing the laurels there so thank you very much for listening. I'll be back for dollop 311 tomorrow. Until then, goodbye. Hello, Irene. Hello, You're right, dear. Yes. Ah. David's Daily Digital Dollop, dollop 311. So we were in school again today, and the new head teacher. We've been in this school many times. It's the school that I used to uh, go to, English Martyrs and Hartlepool. And we met the head teacher, the new head teacher, for the first time. We're good friends with the old head teacher. In fact, the old head teacher is coming on one of our singing weekends in a couple of weeks. And it was he, actually, who did the assembly. Do you remember I talked to you about the accordion story when I had to relieve myself outside at three o'clock in the morning? <laughs> if you haven't heard this story, this is this brief. Summary is going to sound rather weird. But you know, you know the story where I had my penis out uh, at three o'clock in the morning. You know, when I had my accordion on and the accordion billows opened, and I was running down the street with it hacking out. There is more context to it, but you'll have to go back and listen to that one. So it was the old head teacher of this school that did the assembly about this story, and we talked about that on the dollop a few weeks ago. Well, this is the new head teacher of the school. We'd never met this head teacher before. Never met him before. You know, a little bit nerve-wracking. We've been going to this other school for years. We've never met this head teacher. He'd come up from a completely different school. We had no affiliation with him whatsoever. And the first thing he says when he comes up to me is, I'm loving David's Daily Digital Dollop. First thing he said, and he's listened to quite a few of them, he hadn't heard the one about the accordion story, so he wasn't aware that his predecessor had done a school assembly based on one of my anecdotes. But now that he is aware, I may be used once again in a school assembly. So uh, I'm really thinking that the, we talked about this a few weeks ago, that there is potential for an education package that I could deliver based around David's Daily Digital Dollops. I'll be having a look. I think next year, because I won't be doing the dollops next year, and I, I know that a lot of you have sent money to me, and uh, a lot of people have... A uh, few people sent death threats, even. But to be honest, if you're going to send death threats, um, yes, I, I do fear my own life, so, I mean, that's kind of effective. But if you're going to blackmail me and say that you'll also kill Sean and Michael... You know, it's not. I mean, you just do me a favour there. So, you know, it's not really... A few people have said, you know, well, we're going to kill the people closest to you. And uh, to be honest, that's not anyone in my family. That's Sean and Michael. They're the people closest to me. Not emotionally, just physically. 
Uh, we're in that bloody van all the time. So if you're referring to Sean and Michael, go ahead. I don't need them anymore because my solo career is going to take off uh, when I do school circuit, the school assembly circuit, doing David's Daily Digital Dollops. But if there are any teachers or headmasters listening, other than the ones that we already know are on board, then uh, feel free to get in touch and we'll maybe look at some kind of funding or something like that that we can uh, do. If anyone's got any ideas, then uh, David's Daily Digital Dollop will be touring the school assembly circuit. Excellent. Anyway, I want to talk about this mysterious voice because no one else has got back in touch with me apart from Fiona and I just want to quickly touch upon this because no one else has got in touch and for me this is like a really mysterious thing and nobody else really seems to have taken to it or thinks it's anything at all so let me just very quickly recap in 2006 I was doing a hospital radio show and I was with a few people all men three men and it wasn't until I was listening to the recording back so I was transferring the cassette I think it was to the computer that I noticed a mysterious voice creeping into the audio it seems to me like a definite statement it's a woman's voice and it's kind of saying something saying something and then there's like a sinister laugh and there weren't any women in the studio we didn't allow women in the studio none of us heard it at the time and it was only when i listened to it back that i realized as soon as i heard it it was really freaky i was like what the bloody hell's that what's that in the sinister laugh but the weird thing is, I played it, we did the whole Halloween special, and I played it on the dollop, and I've asked you to tell me what you think it says, and no one's really got involved in this. Whereas, when I ask about what noise various animals make in other languages, we get loads of bloody people. No, this doesn't really take it on, and all I can imagine is that no one's really hearing the voice. And I'm now thinking, am I imagining this? Is it even a voice? So I want you to listen again, and have a think about it, and tell me, is it saying something? I'm going to play this again. If you listened four hours ago, you'd be well aware of what we're talking about. <laughs> oh. Okay, so that's the clip. So obviously that you can hear us, and then this woman's voice. Is it, surely that's a woman's voice, and then a sinister laugh. If you listened four hours ago, you'd be well aware of what we're talking about. <laughs> oh. But the only real comment that we've had from this is from Fiona, who says she can't hear a voice, she can just hear the sound of throat clearing. If you listened four hours ago, you'd be well aware of what we're talking about. <laughs> oh. But I'm pretty sure there's a voice there what do we think what is the voice and the reason we were talking about this is because it was a halloween special so it was a little bit of a mysterious thing and also there are theories about these voices being the voices of the dead potentially so i thought it was a nice thing to do well not a nice thing <laughs> but i thought it was a thing to do for halloween it was fitting for halloween but if everybody else just thinks it's just clearing our throats and they can't actually hear a voice then i don't know i mean okay so i'm gonna play it one more time and then i'm gonna i've got dad and Irene are around, so I suppose I could ask them and see what they think the voice is saying, or if indeed they can even hear a voice. So here's the clip one more time, and I'll go into the kitchen. If you listened four hours ago, you'd be well aware of what we're talking about. Uh, hello. Hello. I need to ask you something. Yes. First question is, there's going to be three men's voices, and I want you to tell me, mm-hmm. doesn't matter what it's saying at the moment, if it's anything, if you can hear a woman's voice in this clip. Right. Here we go. Could hear like um, laughing. No, no, I it sound like somebody laughing, perhaps. You can hear laughing. <sighs> yeah. But then could you hear, there was, I don't know what it's saying, but before that, she's saying something. Oh, go do it again. Here we go. I wouldn't let you say what you're talking. Really? Do it sound as though. Do it again. 
Right, because to me, it sounds like there's duh, 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 as a voice, like almost like there's five syllables, duh, 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 and then the laugh. I mean, it could be. And it was, sounds like it could be a woman's voice in the background and then sort of uh, a bit of a little 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 Maybe clutching at straws. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think it does a bit with imagination? With imagination? Surely it doesn't require any imagination. Uh, I got drink. What else could it be? <laughs> what else could it be? It could be something with shuffling papers or something. What? <laughs> that doesn't sound like shuffling papers. Washing pots and pans and the what? Just... <laughs> that's a voice. That's a voice, isn't it? Mm. To me, that I maybe it's because I heard it, thought it was a voice, and it was quite freaky. And now, it sounds like it could be We need more results on this. I want to know what it is, people. There are hundreds of you listening to this. So come on, get your act together and let me know. Am I delusional here? What is that sound? If you listened four hours ago, you'd be well aware of what we're talking about. <laughs> uh, oh, could it be papers shuffling? This doesn't sound like papers shuffling to me. I'm going to give it until, well, depending on how many results we get, in the next couple of days, though, two or three days, I'm going to tell you what I thought it was saying. Anyway, we'll hopefully get to the bottom of this mystery, whatever it may be. I don't know what it is, but I'm intrigued to see if you can shed any light. David's Daily Digital Dollop, Dollop 312, William Wordsworth versus Microsoft Windows. My computer is being especially needy today. As soon as I opened a blank document ready to type today's dollop, a notification popped up on my screen declaring that Windows had successfully updated. Great news, I thought. What a fantastic start to the day. Buoyed up by this knowledge, I began to type today's dollop. But before I'd got halfway through the first sentence, I was interrupted again by another notification. This time it was telling me that Intel had successfully installed an update. My goodness, this day just gets better and better, doesn't it? I attempted to finish my first sentence, but my concentration was broken once again by another notification suggesting that I might like to tell Windows what my favourite football team is so that I can receive updates about them throughout the day. I don't have much time to write today's dollop as we are about to start one of our singing weekends and I could do without these interruptions. I'm not sure if it's really all that necessary for me to know that Windows and Intel have been updated. I never actually notice any improvement when these updates are installed. The computer doesn't seem to run any quicker or anything. In fact, the only noticeable difference seems to be that with each update I get more and more pointless notifications and now I'm getting unwanted notifications asking me to provide it with information so that I can essentially give my computer permission to bug me with even more notifications. All I want to do is to write the creative masterpiece that I was just about to write before I was railroaded by my computer, which has completely distracted me from my original genius idea, meaning that you've now had to read this trivial instead. 
These constant computer interruptions are probably responsible for thousands of unwritten or incomplete literary and artistic masterpieces that will never see the light of day, all because the writer's concentration had been broken by Windows asking them to choose what their favourite breakfast cereals are so that they can be instantly notified whenever a supermarket has a special offer on one of them. If Windows had been around a few hundred years ago, I wonder how many of our most celebrated literary works would have been affected. Imagine how different things might have been if Wordsworth had to put up with flashing Windows notifications while he was trying to write his poetry. Right, okay, to work. Oh, I've got it, I've got it. I wandered lonely as a... Oh, what the hell? The current temperature in Cockermouth is 54 degrees Fahrenheit. Go away, you bloody thing. I'm trying to write a poem. Okay, so where was I? I wandered lonely as a... Oh, God, now what was it? I wandered lonely as a lonely person. I'll do, I suppose. So, I wandered lonely as a lonely person that... Oh, what now? You are currently using the default screensaver. Why not choose your own from our extensive list here? Because I'm trying to... Ooh, I like that one with the clouds and the hills and the daffodils. Oh, very nice. Oh, hang on. That's it. I wandered lonely as a cloud that floats on... Oh, for goodness sake, what is it now? Here at Microsoft, we want your Windows experience to feel truly you. Which is why we're always looking for ways of personalising your computer. Fun suggestion. We could rename the Microsoft desktop icon to say Microsoft Wordsworth. Would you like me to make this change for you? No, I bloody well wouldn't. Now, just let me write this bloody poem. I wondered lonely as a... Facebook notification. Samuel Coleridge has updated his mood status to romantic. Our technology is apparently getting smarter, yet I would argue as it does so, it gets more and more needy, demanding more information from us, like an insistent child incessantly asking why. And nowadays these notifications are much more difficult to ignore as Windows no longer delivers its messages in its former clinical computer speak. It's gone all matey now, and there's a female voice calling herself Cortana, who's asking all these questions and delivering all these messages. With Cortana on Windows and Siri on Apple, it's getting harder to ignore these various notifications, as it feels as if you're ignoring is a personal snub. There have been times when I've been a bit tired and one of these voices has suddenly started chatting to me and I felt obliged to engage in conversation with it, not wanting to be impolite, before remembering that it doesn't actually have feelings, it doesn't really exist, it's not a thing. But Apple and Microsoft and all these other companies are making it progressively difficult as they drag us into their crazy world with these human-sounding personal assistants, which have jokey responses to questions programmed into them, at times giving sarcastic remarks and they refer to themselves as I and me and they have names and they take mock offence if you insult them and they keep calling you by your name and they use phrases like let me think about that and I'm sorry if it can't find what you're asking straight away anyway Mustache, Cortana has just told me about an exciting offer on Muesli at Sainsbury's I take it all back this technology is great At the singing weekend, I've been telling a story that I have blogged about before, a few years ago, and it's a story about a BBC Six Music documentary that I took part in, where I ended up playing the accordion on a moor, or a moor, if you can't understand my accent, which was broadcast on Halloween a few years ago, and was presented by the comedian, the writer, and the radio presenter, and documentary maker Danny Robbins. MTV presenter, actually. He did stuff on BBC Three. I was standing on the moor with my accordion, and we were trying to evoke Satan by singing a song 
song that Danny had created when he was a kid called Kill Your Dog for Satan. And our singing weekends have been around Halloween time in the past. And so I have sang this song at the singing weekend. Now on the actual documentary, he only sang a verse and I didn't have any other verses, but I thought, well, I could easily make some others. So I've kind of taken his idea and then added some other verses and I've changed the chorus ever so slightly. He sings, kill your dog for Satan. I've changed it to, I'm killing my dog for Satan. I think it works better for how I've changed the song. So I thought I would sing you this song in its entirety with the additional verses that I've added to the original one verse. It's kind of like, I should have maybe done this at Halloween, but I thought I would do my mystery voice for Halloween. But now it turns out that nobody else seems to think it's a voice. People think it's the sound of a trolley. It can't be the sound of a trolley, by the way. There were no trolleys going past there. We were in a remote part of the thing. You couldn't hear noise from any of the other corridors. It's not as if, like, Mavis Crumble commented, as did my dad, and said it just sounds like a trolley being pushed. But it's not a trolley because there weren't any trolleys going down that corridor. We, we, we were completely isolated off from the rest of the hospital. You would never hear anything like that. I think it sounds like a voice. But I will play the clip actually one more time, just in case there's somebody out there who hasn't heard it and can listen to it and say, that's definitely a woman. If you listened four hours ago, you'd be well aware of what we're talking about. Oh. I think that's a woman, but everybody else just thinks it's the sound of shuffling papers. It's the woman in the background. If you listened four hours ago, you'd be well aware of what we're talking about. Oh. In fact, I'm going to tell you what I think it says. I thought, when I heard it, that the voice, you're, you're going to hear this now. I'm going to play it one more time, and I'm going to tell you what I think it said. If you listened four hours ago, you'd be well aware of what we're talking about. Oh. Right, so I thought it was a woman speaking, mysterious voice, and I thought it sounded like I've come to get him. If you listened four hours ago, you'd be well aware of what we're talking about. Oh. Oh, that's honestly what I heard. That's like the first thing that I heard, and that's why I completely kind of freaked out about it when I first heard it. Because I can hear my voice and the voice of another couple of people, and then this mysterious voice comes in, and I thought it was saying, I've come to get him. If you listened four hours ago, you'd be well aware of what we're talking about. Oh. But nobody else thinks it's a voice, so I'm going to have to let that one go and accept that essentially I've kind of imagined this probably and it's not a voice and actually the Halloween dollop was a bit of a damp squib and if there's one thing I can't abide it is damp squib. Um, damp squib, I mean, my goodness. And I'm sure you'll all agree, no one likes a damp squib. You know, I, I'm obviously, I don't think I'm being too contentious here in saying that I would like my squib ideally to be completely dry. I'd rather it be sopping wet than damp. It's just, oh, oh. You know what I mean? It's like, if you've had experience of a damp squib, you'll know what I'm talking about now. And I'm sure you're all thinking about your own damp squib memories. And you're thinking, oh, God, it just makes you shiver, doesn't it? The thought of the, of the damp squib there, you know. Ooh. So I'm going to sing this new version of Kill Your Dog For Satan, or Killing, I'm Killing My Dog For Satan, as I've called it. But before we do that, here are a few seconds of this BBC Six Music documentary, which was called Desperately Seeking Satan, and went out a few years ago on BBC Six Music at Halloween. To evoke the spirit of the Witcher Sabbath through the power of music, I've got a song here that I wrote when I was 16 years old. It was my own attempt at a cult rock. Uh, I was in a bit of a gothy band. It's called Kill Your Dog for Satan. Are you up for singing it with me? David, could you offer some accompaniment? It would be a dream come true, Danny. Here we go. So, okay, so it goes like this. <clears throat> Wake up, Rover, it's time to die. Look up into the darkened sky. You've been my pet for many fun years. Now I've got a task that'll cause you tears. Your days of warmth and security are through. Cause I've got another use for you I'm afraid it's not quite as nice You're gonna be a blood sacrifice Kill, kill your dog, dog for Kill, kill your dog, dog for Kill your dog, dog for Satan, Satan. 
Kill your dog, kill your dog, kill your dog for Satan. Kill your dog for Satan. Amazingly, my teenage occult rock song fails to summon the goat of Mendes, though it does scare a passing cyclist. Right now, I'm going to take to the piano and I'm going to sing my adapted version of this song with additional verses. I want to stress that no actual dogs were harmed during the making of this song. I, I will warn you, I do make the sound of a dog in the song, and I just want you to know that that's not a real dog, because you might have thought that it was, because I'm, I'm a good impressionist, I accept that, I understand. I'm very talented at what I do and you know you might hear the dog sound and you might think my god he's actually torturing a real dog there no no it's, it's me doing that um just wanted to let you know killing my dog for satan It's time to die Look up into the darkening sky You've been my pet for many fun years But now I've got a task That'll cause you tears Your days of warmth Your security are through Cause I've got another job for you I'm afraid it's not quite as nice You're gonna be a pet sacrifice I'm killing my dog I'm killing my dog I'm killing my dog for Satan I'm killing my dog I'm killing my dog I'm killing my dog for Satan I'm killing my dog I'm killing my dog I'm killing my dog for Satan I'm killing my dog I'm killing my dog I'm killing my dog for Satan Since you were a puppy and boy, how you've grown But now it's time to leave the security of your family home Put down that chew toy, leave go of that bone There's no one you can call, there's no one you can phone And even if you could call someone, they wouldn't get here in time And anyway, who would you call? K999? You've always been such a friendly and faithful chihuahua But now I'm offering up your soul for the devil to devour I'm killing my dog, I'm killing my dog I'm killing my dog for Satan I'm killing my dog, I'm killing my dog I'm killing my dog for Satan. Rover, you silly old chump, as you give my leg one farewell hump. For all time's sake, I'll give your belly a rub. Then I'll pat you on the head and feed you to Beelzebub. I'm sorry, Rover, but I just don't have a choice. I heard satanic messages in your doggy voice. So I know that you're Satan's, I know that you're cursed, because I recorded you barking and I played it in reverse. I'm killing my dog, I'm killing my dog, I'm killing my dog for Satan. I'm killing my dog, I'm killing my dog, I'm killing my dog for Satan. I'm killing my dog, I'm killing my dog, I'm killing my dog for Satan. I'm killing my dog, I'm killing my dog, I'm killing my dog for Satan. Make no bones about it, Rover. It's time to die, you Satan's now, as I cast you into the fiery dark. And once you're Satan's, and you're in hell, my friend. You ain't ever coming back.
was eating jam when a monster came along. So he dropped the jam, he burped and ran, and sang this little song. Here we go. Wiggle, 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 A dinosaur. Oh, I think you can do it better than that. And a bird flew high up in the sky. Oh, I think you can do better than that. And a bird flew high up in the sky. David's Daily Digital Dollop, Dollop 314. My goodness, what a strange existence I have. So for five weeks consecutively, we're doing our singing weekends, where we get people in a youth hostel, we teach them songs, we do quizzes with them, we play various games, we tell stories. When I say we get people in a youth hostel, people voluntarily book these singing weekends. We don't just like grab people off the street. Come on, come and sing some songs with us. Lock the doors, Michael. Lock the doors. Right. It's not, we're not going to hurt you. We're not going to hurt you unless you unless you struggle. We're just tying into the chairs for precautionary reasons. All we don't want to hurt you, all we want to do, all we want to do is sing some songs. People come on their own volition. So we're doing the singing weekends on the weekend, obviously. Hence the title. Now, it took us quite a while to think of that. The first few times we did singing weekends, actually, we made a bit of a mistake. We uh, we did actually do them on a Wednesday. Yeah, we, had, we, got, we got a marketing person involved and then they, they sort of pointed out the the flaw there and uh, suggested that we might want to do the singing weekends on a weekend it's always good to get the advice of professionals uh, so they take place on the weekend and then during the week we're in schools so this week we're in school tuesday wednesday and thursday and then we do our singing weekend friday saturday sunday and we've been doing that for the other weeks as well and it's a really surreal experience because one of the things that we do on the weekend is we do a drunken mock-up of what we do in schools so we go to the pub people have a few drinks and then we do the children's songs and the stories that we've been doing with the kids in front of the adults and you know some people really get into the spirit and they pretend to be kids and they put on weird voices others <laughs> it's quite if you haven't been on one of the singing weekends but you are coming on one of them now you're probably thinking oh bloody hell what have i let myself in for this sounds absolutely hideous so we've been doing lots of school projects over the last few months and we've been in loads of different schools often singing the same songs especially the ones where you've got seven or eight classes in one day so you essentially have to do more or less the same thing in half an hour chunks so you know we get into a bit of a pattern so we'll sing the same songs tell the same stories next group of kids come in we'll do the same thing. Next group of kids come in, we'll do the same thing. And at the end of the day, you know, after the eighth time of singing the same song, you enter a weird state of consciousness, an altered state. It does strange things to your mind. And then also those songs really get into your head and you just can't get them out of your head. So you're walking down the street or I'm in the supermarket or something and I suddenly catch myself singing. I'm not really a pig, you see. A wicked old witch put a spell on me. You know, because I'm just so used to it. My brain's kind of gone into autopilot and I'm thinking, oh, bloody hell, I'm singing this quite loud. And there's been times as well where Sean said the same thing so many times that you can tell he's kind of gone into autopilot a little bit and sometimes he said something completely wrong. He's missed out a bit of the story. He's got them distorted because he hasn't really, he's lost track of where he is and he's just sort of on autopilot, but something's, something's gone wrong. So in the song I was just talking about there, where it goes, I'm not really a pig, you see, a wicked old witch put a spell on me. 
Don't worry, if you are coming to one of our singing weekends and you think, oh, well, thank you very much for telling us, David. You know, that was, we were looking forward to that. You know, you spoke the story now. Don't worry, I mean, that's, that's not like a big reveal or it's not a big spoiler. If you are coming to the singing weekend and you come to our drunken children's workshop in the pub, you know, the bit where it's revealed that the boy isn't a pig is right at the start. You know, I don't want you to worry that, you know, you're into a, a big meaty story here. No pun intended, about a pig there. But if, if you found the joke, the meaty bit funny, then I'll happily take credit for the pun, even though it wasn't very good and not intentional, but, you know, I'll take whatever I can get. But don't worry, it's not a massive spoiler. You know, but Sean can be singing the song, and he just gets the words confused, but because he's on autopilot, he's not realised. He's sort of zoned out for a little bit, his brain's got a bit muddled. And so, at one point, he was singing, but he just got the words in the wrong order and shouted, I'm not really a witch, you see. A wicked old pig put a spell on me. And you wonder what the kids are thinking. I mean, in some ways, that's that's probably more like it, you know. They're probably thinking, oh, I love the twist there. You know, we've had people come into our school before. We all know about wicked old witches. And, you know, putting spells on people, but we've never heard about a wicked old pig getting its own back on a witch. I mean, this is absolutely brilliant. He's really playing with the formula. He's messing things up. He's a he's a pioneer. Anyway, so we're singing these songs during the day at school. Let's say we're in school Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and we sing each song about eight times a day. In those four days, we're singing the same song 30 or 40 times. And then on the Saturday, you then go into a pub and then they sing the songs in front of loads of drunken adults who were like doing mock heckles pretending to be children. I've been playing the accordion and singing these songs all week, and now I'm in a pub, drinking beer, playing the accordion, and singing the same bloody songs again. <laughs> oh, God. So this is my life at the moment, and it's going to be like this for the next three weeks, and it's been like this for the last two weeks. But it's very good, though. At least I've got the dollop, see? As a bit, you know, to sort of give me a bit of sanity into my life, you know. Singing songs about killing dogs for the devil. Maybe one day just for a bit of a change. Just to kind of break the monotony. Maybe I should try singing Kill Your Dog for Satan in one of the primary schools. See how that goes down. An element of the reincarnation concept is the notion of soul groups, where the same souls live out many lives together, but taking on different guises and living in different environments. So, my brother in this life might have been my dad in the last one, or my girlfriend in my current life might have been my sister in a previous one. Ugh, I know, it's a bit of a disgusting notion really, isn't it? It certainly makes me feel a bit squeamish about me having sex with my brother, knowing that in a roundabout way, I might actually have been having sex with my dad. Well, I won't be doing that again, I can tell you. When I say having sex in a roundabout way, this is not a description of a sex position, just in case you were getting a bit confused there and trying to imagine what having sex in a roundabout way might involve. When the book version of David's Daily Digital Dollop is published, I will of course be providing you with supplementary diagrams when necessary, and there'll be a special pop-out book version for the blind, and of course small children. Anyway, sorry, I was trying to make a philosophical point on the subject of reincarnation, but then I ended up finding myself knee-deep in bile, which incidentally is something that can easily happen if you try having sex in the roundabout way position. The the idea of soul groups is apparently so that we learn our karmic lessons together. So as time passes and we live more lives together, we experience a broad range of situations, and through the course of many lives experienced together, we go from murdering each other and generally behaving like bastards, to being busy mates. If all this is true, then I think it's safe to say that me, Sean and Michael are definitely in the same soul group, given that I probably spend about 90% of my time with them. I am writing today's dollop in the young'un's tiny van, squashed up tightly against the other two, stuck in non-moving traffic, having just spent the last eight hours with them singing the same songs hour after hour with a load of children, just like I did the day before that, and the day before that, and all of last week and the week before that. In the last month, I've only had two days where I haven't seen Sean and Michael. 
I dread to think what we did in a past life, but it was clearly something dastardly evil to deserve this fate. I wonder what other lives we might have lived, and who we were in relation to one another. I wonder if we are currently passing our karmic tests this time round, or whether we're going to have to experience yet another life together. Sometimes Michael and Sean really piss me off, but I desperately try not to react to it and snap at them, just in case the past lives soul group theory is true. I don't want to fail my karmic lessons and then find myself stuck in a life with these two idiots again, possibly living a life in which we have to go into business together, end up running a solicitor's firm or an estate agent's. So, I try to be as nice to them as I can, and if they get to me, I just take deep breaths and bite my tongue. Obviously, this tongue biting is deliberate, so it would not register on my database of mouth biting episodes. The next one's still being expected in about 45 days, as if you needed telling. I'm sure that you're all diligently following along on your mouth biting calendars. <sighs> David's Daily Digital Dollop, Dollop 316. My goodness, I think I've reached the cusp of exhaustion. If anyone's coming to our singing weekend tomorrow, I might schedule a few naps on the itinerary. 7 till 7.30, nap. 7.30 to 8.30, we'll have dinner. Then 8.30 to the rest of the evening, we'll just have a, a nap, I think. I thought I'd spend today's dollop just going through a few comments. Oh, this is not a nice comment from Chastity Payne, who says, I bit my mouth yesterday, and a bit of it came off. Ugh. I found it when I brushed my teeth last night. Ugh. It fell into the sink, or, or was it just in your mouth? How big a piece are we talking about? I considered eating it, but that would be like self-cannibalism, wouldn't it? Well, if we're just talking about a little bit and you ate it, I think that's fine. But, you know, I think if you uh, you decided to maybe cook it or something, you know, like prepare it, put a bit of seasoning on it or something like that, you might eat it one time and then think, oh, it was all right, but what would it be like if I fried it in butter or a bit of garlic or something like that? And Chris has commented on yesterday's dollop. We were talking about reincarnation on yesterday's dollop. And Chris has responded to this saying, as over the recent past the population has doubled and redoubled, where do all the extra souls come from? Is it not far more likely that the soul does not exist and we are just one more animal species but one with the power to breed ourselves to extinction you're working on the notion that there aren't ever any new souls created i think i've read before of the idea that the soul is the big thing and then we are offshoots of that so i'm here this isn't my i am not my entire soul when i die i will reconnect with the rest of my soul and I'll therefore have knowledge of all my past lives, whereas at the moment, I don't have any knowledge of any past lives or anything like that. So I am not my full soul. You know what I mean? So that the soul's the bigger thing, and then there, there, could be like, there could be like six people occupying my soul. I don't quite understand it. I've not read enough about it. It was just an observation in the van that if reincarnation did exist, and the whole notion of soul groups existed, we are definitely in a soul group. That's the thing. I don't believe it. I don't think this idea of where you say, well, it, it probably isn't the case because there are more people in the world now and the world increases. I just think that's like a natural law that that will generally happen. Like there will be new souls created. And if the idea is to learn karmic lessons, then the idea is that some souls will probably continue learning and learning because they'll have more to learn. Other souls will have kind of reached a state where they don't need to learn anymore, maybe, and they become higher beings i have no idea you know i don't know what the theories are out there and then that's also the thing as well because then you say isn't it likely that we're just another animal species but then that suggests that animals don't have souls as well like why wouldn't an animal have a soul i think it's quite natural for us to just assume that an animal wouldn't have a soul but that's generally because we wouldn't understand what a soul is and also if you're a meat eater you don't really like to think of the animal as having feelings having emotions that kind of thing we like to just go oh, they're just dumb animals um, but that just might be our warped way of viewing the world. 
I don't think increase of population disproves the soul theory at all. The only thing that really can be said for it, for why I wouldn't believe in it, is because where is the evidence? So again, it's not something I believe in. I think it's an interesting idea, and I'd like it. I think I'd like it to be like that. I really do like the idea of reincarnation as a concept. I think it's quite nice to think that we do come back with other people and we learn lessons together and then... And it also makes things... It gives a bit of point and purpose to, to it, doesn't it? Senseless death. You know, where someone dies by accident or someone dies because of a someone pulls a knife on someone or shoots someone with a gun or there's a terrorist attack or, you know, that kind of pointless death. It's not a complete waste because actually, you know, that person's learned suffering and then from having a knowledge of suffering then comes back in a, the next life and is kinder to people because they've experienced and suffering and this kind of thing and then all the disease and the illness and the disability in the world is all because it's a karmic lesson and actually if that is the case then it doesn't really matter does it I mean like yeah it's horrible at the time but if we knew that we were coming back and experiencing more lives then we'd almost be glad of every experience positive or negative you think about the life lessons that you learn from these things anyway you know there are great positives to come from illness and disability and great inspirational things that come from it as well obviously I'm an inspiration to you all aren't you you think oh I don't know how he does it you know he's 366 consecutive dollops and he's blind absolutely unbelievable I don't even know how he dresses himself of a morning well I, I, I don't I'll let you into a little secret uh, as I say, I spend 90% of my time with Michael and Sean, and uh, they take it in turns to dress me. I mean, it's not because I can't dress myself, it's just because they really enjoy it. It just keeps the relationship alive, you know what I mean? It's just something I can do to put the spice back into a relationship. I, I just think that like, it would make so much sense if we died, and then we realised that, oh no, we've had all these different lives before, and that actually, well, you know, the reason that we're so close is because... We've lived lots of different lives together. And it'd be quite fun when you're dead, you know, to be able to, like, compare notes and sort of go, oh, well, you know, we were brother and sister before, and in this life we ended up getting married to each other. Oh! In a previous life, Michael, I brutally murdered you, and then we end up coming back to learn our karmic lessons together, because you slept with my wife, who just so happened to be Sean in this life, and then we all come back together and end up forming a fort group. I mean, who would have thought, eh? Absolutely brilliant. Right. Well, I think we've learned our karmic lessons. And then we go up and see God or whoever it is. And he says, well, you learned your karmic lessons well there, lads. You know, the, the previous life was a bit messy, wasn't it? You know, the whole murder and adultery thing. But you've, you've done really well. You've formed a fort group. Uh, well done, lads. Anyway, if you've got any more thoughts about reincarnation or the very controversial and pressing subject of eating your own body parts, then feel free to get in touch. And I'll be back tomorrow for Dope 317. Goodbye. <laughs>